It's just too much. I think she's a very nice girl. And they just made me employee of the month yesterday, so I'm getting a lot of calls. I know where I'm not wanted, and I'm not wanted any place where people have all these social obligations if you get one of me. That's not true. You have you have two kinds of stuffing. You have real cranberry sauce. Run! I mean, I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, or what I'm doing here, or what this place is about, but I am determined to enjoy myself. And I'm very intrigued, and oh my, this soup's delicious, isn't it? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, where we are continuing to clean out on NBC's musical theater disaster masterpiece, Smash. My name is Colin Drucker, and that was a failed experiment in every way. Ooh, and my name is Nick Kachanov, and it's this kind of crap that made me want to flee to Micronesia. <sighs> I mean, the perils of Mahatma Kady. <laughs> I feel like that is uh, maybe deserves a rewrite. <laughs> that <Yeah>. name, <laughs> I I I'd say so. Um, doesn't really hold up. My other line was I'd say good riddance, but we're still stuck with him, which is oh. Julia talking about Ellis. I love it. It's it's once again one of Debbie Messing's Grace Adler moments. Yeah, she's Smash. got those bug sunglasses. Oh, her her ah. patch of blue sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh my god, I. Folks, we are back this week to talk about episode eight of season one, The Coup. And it is, you know, we are in the territory now where I have no, I definitely, this was the very first time I ever saw this episode. And oh, wow. I, I watched the episodes twice because I need that first time to just, also because I can't wait. Because I like, I want to take notes as close to when we record so it's all fresh. Yeah. But like by like Sunday, I'm like, I, I need to watch it. I need to see the next episode. Oh, I episode. love that. That's a dream come true for me. I just oh, and I and I cannot look away. And I just so I I have to watch it to like have that experience and to like process what I went through and then go back and take notes again. Like you know the day we record. So yes. um so I so this was really very special because it was like I knew I had seen the workshop before, and so that was the last episode where I was like, okay, I kind of know it's gonna be hot. It's gonna be really hot in here. Um, which by the way. <laughs> Is it hot in here? It's really hot in here. <laughs> um, but I, no one warned me that one republic was going to show up. It's wild that whole Karen sequence. I mean, poor Karen is all I have to say. She didn't ask for any of that. She's just doing her job. I feel bad for her in this episode. I think she really was caught in the crossfire of of indeed a incredible failed experiment that. Uh, I'm so glad happened. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, but she's just she is just an actor who was given an opportunity and why would she say no? I mean, it's like what's kind of interesting about it. I mean, I guess this is what's going on in the whole show is like there's this whole thing this week of of Ivy Lynn having to kind of be reabsorbed by the chorus. And for Karen, this is an opportunity to be, you know, plucked from the chorus. Like this is just like the journey of the actor from the chorus, you know? Yeah, and we see Karen protest you know what i mean she's like i don't feel good about this but derek is is conniving enough to convince her and like when ivy yells at her at the end like that's sort of like well must have been nice like backstabbing mm -hmm. tom and julia i would have been like yeah your boyfriend convinced me to do it you should ask him about it right. you know how he is and slaps her yeah right oh i docks, know the docks wherever oh. they are 
it's some probably now very gentrified part of Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, they were just like, this is this is where bodies are dumped, you know, <laughs> uh, and where Re- One Republic does, you know, electro pop yes. in a warehouse. <sighs> okay, well, I let's dive in. Let's the, do it. The first thing I want to talk about is, and I may be misremembering, but I sometimes this happens where like the preview will show you a different take of the scene that we saw previously yeah and i feel like in the episode when last week when julia is confronting leo in his bedroom and he tells her she sucks and she's like you know what i'm in the middle of (laughs) which you may remember as sounding like this you know what i'm in the middle of yes so we should get that isolated oh gosh well, in the episode, I feel like when she gets to middle of the camera cuts to Leo in the preview, it showed her whole fucking face. And <gasps> I could be wrong about this, mm. but the point is we get to see a full on sh- face, nothing obscured, no shot of old man Leo. Well, well, Julia cries. You know what? I'm in the middle of. <laughs> and I just that that was a really special easter egg to kick off the episode. Yeah, I I want to say it was like a pate like she's she's crossing and he's countering or something like that. Like she's walking into his room mm-hmm. by saying that. Yeah. I that's a I don't think I paid enough attention to it, but I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, I I just thought that was, you know, cuz I'm I'm really happy that this is on the board. You know, we're really starting to find the evergreen soundboard things like yes oh you want to watch a movie <laughs> all right everyone let's be back i mean these we could use everywhere and, and now that we have that we now that we can do the point of comparison so there's all right everyone let's be bad and then is it hot in here it's really hot in here you know oh yeah solid yeah solid. yeah it sounds like a guy with too much neck you know it does it yeah. really does I have to take my word for it. I guess. He's, yeah, he's even <laughs> he's the worst he's ever been in this episode. In terms of like his his uh awfulness or his acting? Um his awfulness, but I I always quite like his acting. It's just that he's so unlikable. But I'm 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 maybe thinking that you are not thinking oh, that. No, I oh, I I I fully enjoy the way that he is basically the snidely whiplash of this show. Every yeah. episode is just twirling an invisible mustache at times, and yes, you know, it's fun to uh, play a villain, and I feel yeah. like he's enjoying it. I mean, God, that trench coat he was wearing. This oh week. God, the Matrix trench coat is what I called it. Yes, it's just gross. Um, yeah. You know, before we dive into the episode, I also want you to know that I I extracted this for the soundboard just in case we need it. Oh, he's a terrible waiter. I don't care about waiter. He's rich. His family's rich. He'll be fine. <laughs> I just needed that little clip. <laughs> yes. I mean, who knows when we'll need it, but I'm glad it's there. Right, right. I mean, like, if only we were still doing episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Isn't there a character named Owen? And we could be like, well, he's a great doctor, but... Yes. Oh, he's a terrible waiter. <laughs> I don't care about waiter. He's rich. His family's rich. He'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's like Grey's Anatomy. He's like, he's a Seattle Grace. He'll be fine. Yes. Um, anyway, sorry. Let's dive in. I want to also tell you at the outset here that there is a subplot this episode of Dev at work, and and I don't care. And we might not dive too deep into that one unless you really want to. That's okay. I mean, there that whole like RJ and him. He looks like he's about to go on a heist. It's like that like leather jacket with mm-hmm. the hoodie over it. Uh, yeah, it's fine. If it's like. Part of it's kind of interesting, but it's it's a whole different show. It's not this right. show. 
Yeah, all of a sudden it's scandal. It's like, yes. there, it's yeah. like there's a spinoff, oh, you know? Um, and that's not what I'm here for. And so I'll mention as we get through, but like there are other things we need to focus on yes. uh, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so to kick us off, we're at a scarf count of 17. And honestly, Julia kind of let me down this week with the scarves. And I'm realizing in retrospect, I should have done an overall scarf count for the season because this episode alone, everyone wears a scarf it's multiple times very scarf heavy i feel like it's full-blown autumn in new york yes yeah and and she is uh i think she has two scarves this episode so nice um scarves if you will um so we open at dance class with ivy and sam and you know it, it's all of this is just the like oh you know haven't heard anything yet you know, do you think it's dead do you think the you know what do you think is going to happen next with the workshop mm-hmm. um and you know cut to frank and julia's bedroom and julia avec bowl of grapes saying it's dead with you know no scarf but big old like big honking big honking reading glasses on yeah she needs a a quart of ben and jerry's not grapes That's right sad. I feel like Deborah Messing was like, oh, guys, I, I can't. I have the mysteries of Flora. I can't be eating Ben and Jerry's. Just get me grapes. Yeah. You know? that's right. <laughs> she's still on her diet from that scene with Michael Swift. You know, she's yeah. still, she's like, I can hold on to this. I don't need Right, right. Yeah, yeah. She had her dude scene diet. Now yes. It's like, oh, I've, I've established a bit of a, I, I love grapes. Yeah, you know? they're just such a treat. Yeah. It's when they're frozen. Who needs ice cream? Ugh. Oh, Debbie Messing, which is. Probably just ya. yeah, I love you, but put the grapes down. Yep. Um, but luckily Frank is there to dutifully set up Guitar Hero, which means that with Fedora in hand, Brian Darcy James finally gets a song. <sighs> Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. I it was I mean I was glad that Julia wasn't into it because I know I wasn't into it. I mean. The bowling alley is the second version of this, but this is just a you know. Let's break this down here because I, I think Brian Darcy James is incredibly talented, but like not even like he could not even make this work. I was like, okay, like I would just commit to it and have the hat and be funny, but it's it's like that musical theater thing where like it's like don't you worry is the first line and she's like i have to worry about a thing but there's uh-huh. so many things that those aren't the lines but it's like one of it's it's like a classic musical theater it's like a jukebox music jukebox musical excuse me of bob marley and this is one of the songs yes and they're doing they're they're taking a bob marley song and doing a baby it's cold outside kind yes. of interaction oh, right oh god yeah did um, you love this though where you were just like Oh, this, I just kept rewinding it over and over. No, I hated this. I, it, you know what it was? I felt what I was seeing was like, oh, Brian, look at the scraps they're giving you. I know. You have to do Guitar Hero in a bedroom to Deborah Messing. Like, you were Shrek. Like, we now have established a world on Smash where anyone can sing anywhere, and yeah. it's fine. So I'm okay at this point because it's Smashland of, like, you want to give him a song? You want to give him a solo? I don't care. Yeah, know? why not? Why not? It's on like 11 o'clock number about how his wife like scorned him or something, you know? Yeah, I I would be totally fine with like him alone in the kitchen with just like the light over the sink on and he's just like got his his science flashcards spread out and he's, you know, singing something about like... House is not a home. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Um, 
I don't know why I'm picturing him sing, singing Ring of Keys from yeah, Fun something, Home. Something from Fun Home. That sounds appropriate, right? <laughs> the right tone. Uh, yeah. Um, changing well, me... my major to uh, <laughs> Joan. That's... Yes, yeah, changing my major to Julia. <laughs> um, change, changing my teaching degree to Julia. Yes. Um, and and go ahead. I feel like you're about to say it too. Leo's reaction to all this. I just can't help but smile. <sighs> His parents are back together and... Life is good. Life is good. I mean, he's got a potential, you know, criminal record on the books, but uh, otherwise things are good. He's got Mason in his vibrator or whatever it is in the park. <laughs> I guess. Um, but uh, meanwhile, cut to Eileen it, taking business calls in an incredibly empty apartment, except for like, you know, the folding table and chairs that are like at every casting ever, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's uh, It's a beautiful apartment. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah, so it's not the beautiful one we saw a couple weeks ago. I was gonna say I thought it wasn't. No, this is uh, definitely well. I, I guess this is her like Lower East Side, you know, um, old pre-war walk-up that probably now has been like totally renovated and has an elevator. Yeah, so. what a dump. Yes, yeah. Except it's probably about eight thousand dollars a month, and um, well, now it's probably like fifteen thousand. Oh I mean, God, I can only imagine. Uh. Meanwhile, then Ellis shows up. My notes keep saying Alice. Ellis shows up, and Eileen makes some. He's bringing something from her office, and uh, does Eileen make some comment about like, oh, you know, uh, is one of those use, useless temps finally, you yeah, know, the interns or something, right? So it's like, why is she hiring? Is I'm assuming it's for her uh, the assistant role. Like, why is she hiring temps? Why has she not hired Ellis yet? I know it took them too long to get here. And plus, like, Ellis just dropped that bomb, was it last week, I guess, or the week before, about Julia and uh, Michael. It's like he's not trustworthy and he's slimy. And I just, I want to believe that Eileen's a better, like, there's thousands of assistants out there. Why choose Ellis? Right. And, like, she says to him in this scene, like, you're such a useful young man. And I think that there is a way to read that or write that that she's actively using him. Mm. But in this situation, it makes her seem like, well, gosh, little boy, aren't you helpful? Yes. I, that's that's actually, I think, dead, dead on. Because, like, she knows that he's hungry enough but doesn't think that he's a threat ever. Yeah. But we'll yeah, do a but... good job. I mean, I guess, you know, and maybe there's some angle where, like, maybe it is good to have an assistant who will, like, keep his ear to the door and, yes. and listen to gossip for you, oh, you know? Hide in rehearsal studios. Yeah, right. Well, you know, the pants, you know. The pants. Um, he pooped in them. So <laughs> uh, at this point, I, I, my notes say the other gummer. The other gummer arrives. I, I hate to say that about poor Grace. Poor Gracie Gummer. Is that her name? Um, is it Mamie or Gracie? It's Gracie because Mamie Gummer is my primary gummer because she was Emily Owens MD. Oh, are you sure in in this episode? Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm, I'm quite positive that this is Gracie Gummer. You know what? Oh, it is. It's yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Mamie's I got a doubted you. I mean, I know my Mamie's. I know they my Mamie's and my Gracie. They look alike. Yeah. You know, you, you got to <laughs> schedule your bre- your blethens and you got to know your gummers. That's right. You know? Put that on a tote um, bag. Yeah. Uh, plan for more blethens and know your gummers. And so we get Mamie, Gracie Gummer, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, Mahatma Katie shows up. And um, 
more on her later but she's got one of those scarves that says i've been traveling around the world yes and i mean it's kind of revealed later but like she's just like a trust fund kid who just like gets to do what she wants let's not forget that yeah they don't really put like I, like fully highlight the fact that like yeah she's like doing all this humanitarian ar- work around the world or whatnot but like she's also has like millions of dollars in the bank so let's jerry. just yeah thank god for jerry um Cut to Derek and Karen meeting at a cafe, not the one she works at. I don't know if we're ever going to go back to that cafe. Yeah, I don't but... think we ever do. And so Derek explains to Karen that they are talking to a songwriter about a new approach and a new song. And uh, they're both wearing scarves, by the way. Yes, they are. And like the way that he says, he's like, we need you to sing it. And you can't tell Tom and Julia. They cannot know. And I'm like, all right. It's that whole, yeah, it's like, it's like... I'm trying to, it's like Tracy Letts, I mean, Tracy Letts could never, he's just too too kind of a man, but like, you know, he's well known in the Broadway community, this is Derek we're talking about, Uh, why would she say no to this? Right, right, and I I feel like she doesn't, I mean, I know that this becomes a thing towards the end, but like, she doesn't actually have any allegiances to Tom and Julie, like, they could, like, they could she's in the ensemble they could drop her at any point you know what i mean like she could have got like bangs told her they didn't even need her for the workshop you know what i mean so like she doesn't really owe tom and julie anything that anyone else in that cast owes them you know yeah you called her you called julia julie twice uh it was really funny what did i who did i call you called her julie you did it once and i was like oh, oh. that's lie but we know who you're talking about wait talking about karen who did uh, i you say st- Kar- you said tom and julie as opposed to tom and julia Julia, my notes okay. say Julie. Oh, it's oh, that my... autocorrect. Get you, you know everything. why? You know what it is? It's because you know what, what I think the subconscious reason is because of the podcast that Julie Klausner's on with Tom Sharpling, and oh, so it's always Tom and Julie. Tom there and Julie. We go. I accidentally typed Tom and Jerry into my notes, but it was like Jerry, and I meant to type Ellis, and I was, but it was. I found it funny that it was Tom and Jerry. Yeah, yeah. You know what? We have a Tom and a Jerry, and they don't chase each other with mallets once this they season. They don't. No, um, but. I think, and it's something that we kind of clocked earlier, too, that Julia is always so nice to Karen. And I think Karen's a sucker for it because everyone was so shitty towards her that, like, there is, I don't know if there's, like, an allegiance there, but it's, like, it's respect, I guess, and the fact that she was kind to her, that why she, that's why she's doubting it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess, you know, the other way to look at it is, like, if you're kind of an actor in this business, you want to like keep all your leads warm, you know, keep all your connections good, make sure everybody wants to work with you at all times. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, at this point, uh, this is where, if you're listening to us on the main feed, this is where the free preview, uh, the curtain closes on the free preview, and we continue this conversation just with our Patreons. But if you want to join us for the rest of this episode, all the previous episodes of season one of Smash we've discussed, and also get early access to our main episodes, now is a great time to join us at patreon.com slash bsapod. So much to talk about. We'll see you there.